The Evermore podcast is now sponsored by WFST Total Compliance. WFST provides fire safety requirements UK-wide to prepare you and your employees should the worst happen. Do what you do best and visit wfst.co.uk today. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Evermore YouTube channel on a Thursday, which is weird for all of us. Yes, we are back to talk about that club we call United, the best team in the Premier League, in my opinion, certainly in the form, guy. We've got loads to get stuck into. I'm your host, Chris. I've been joined by some of the usual suspects in the panel. We've got the man whose tweets are punchier than an Anthony Joshua fight, which isn't fucking hard these days. Ash is in the house. We've got back from sunning himself in Tijuk, the pharaoh of the no dickhead policy himself. If there, Mr. Carter is back in the house. And from less tropical climate, Shiremore, and his tan shows it, Mark is here as well. How are you guys? I'm fine. I'm a bit pasty here, as you can tell. <laughs> I'm no better than Evening, chat. I've, I've, I've got a complexion like a long staff meme. If I went on holiday, I'd need about a factor 3,000, I think. I'll just burn straight away. So Why, look at this burn. Burn. It's reflective <laughs> mush. <laughs> I was going to say. It's already had a dig this. <laughs> yeah, Carter, Carter's on the carrot oil. We we don't be on the mayonnaise, probably, mate. Just slathering on to make sure we, we're, we're a slightly better shade of white. I think, but uh, it's good to have you back, GK. Hope you're resting just like a certain Callum Wilson, mate. And wearing absolutely firing, firing. I am absolutely, absolutely. So we're going to get stuck right in in a second. Just before we do, a little reminder, as we always do, if you're new to the channel, you just check us out. Welcome on board. Consider subscribing. We'd love to have you on board. We're over 2,600 subscribers now. Mark has not done his homework. I haven't two, Mark, two, two points from Gryffindor, Mark. That's horrendous. Uh, so we're over 2,600. Uh, so come and join us. Loads of room for you and ever more. We've got the two weekly shows that we do and pop-up videos galore. And we are live tonight. Jump in the comments. We've already had a couple smashing comments in. Excited to talk to Newcastle United. We've got Stephen Field, Iceman, Isaac, coolest finish I've ever seen with his hands on his hips. We're going to talk about that a lot, I'm sure, Stephen, in, in the next few minutes, mate. And we've also got Gibbo in the house. Evening, gents. Evening to you too, Gibbo. So let's get stuck right in. We did a post-match review anyway, but we're going to just kind of recap a little bit on just, just how class the lads we were last night. Uh, uh, PK, coming to you first as you're back from sunny climates, mate, before you start to drift off and look for a cocktail again. Um, how did you find the game last night, mate? And, and, and how would you rate that as a... As a performance under Eddie Howe so far, maybe that's one of the best. I've been oh, back nearly two weeks, by the way. It really wasn't one of the best, actually. So I went down to St. Mary's yeah. back in, I think, November time, and, and we comfortably beat Southampton 4-1, and we didn't play, play particularly well. It was pissing down my rain. I mean, it was pissing down my rain last night as well, wasn't it? But I don't. I think first half, we were, we were a bit sloppy. I mean, we're... Sort of first few minutes, West Ham took the game to us, hit the post, and they had a couple of early corners. And I thought, Jesus, it's going to be a bit of a long night, this. And then obviously we went up the other end and scored six, seven minutes, maybe. Um, brilliant, I'd say maximum for Wilson. Then obviously did the Macarena just to piss Antonio off, which I really enjoyed. I love that. Was brilliant. And we, we, we got the second, you know, which actually, you know, I think, I mean, Christ, we had some space, mind, didn't we, in behind? But that bending run by Joe Linton was really impressive. Um, and I know we're going to come on to Joe Linton uh, as the next topic, I suppose. But um, after that, I thought we got really sloppy in possession. I thought we gave the ball away a lot. I thought Jared Bowen uh, rinsed uh, Dan Byrne, particularly in the first half. I thought Dan Byrne had a torrid time. And I know we spoke about this probably six weeks ago, didn't we, when we were on about whether to 
drop, stroke, rest, damp in, etc., etc. But I don't think he had a particularly good game. And I'm not sure we were that good in the first half. I mean, second half, I came out and I thought, oh, 2-1. You know, if this could go either way. And then, and then obviously, a ridiculous error by uh, Fabianski and the defender. Jacob Murphy nicks it and Callum Wilson says, thank you very much, 3-1. And it was game over by then. And from there, we just game managed, didn't we? Um, I thought, just to go back into that first half again, uh, obviously, Nick, I think it was... Was it Nick Pope went down with a somewhat odd kind of injury, which wasn't injured, but that gave Eddie Howe the chance to blast them, didn't he, on the touchline? Yeah. And he gave them a right well. bollocking because we were really sloppy. But then, you know, as soon as that third one went in, it was absolutely game over. Their heads went down and, and, and you know, we went and got the fourth and fifth later on. Um, com- comfortable second half for us, but we were by no means at the... Um, the I'm just reading Lee's comments. By no means were we at our best last night, but to come away from you know from a ground that we we do well at. I think it was three wins, a draw, and a defeat before last night there at the um, the old bowling ground, whatever you want to call it now, London Stadium, soulless yeah. as it is. Yes. Um, you know, three points, four wins on the hoof, and we are absolutely fine. And for the first time last night, I put it on the thread. I now believe that we could hit top four this season. Ooh, even PK is a believer now. That just goes the to first the power, time. The power of Eddie Howe. Ash, just coming <laughs> to you on <laughs> coming to you on your take on it, mate. I think PK makes some good points there. We, there was times where we, we did look a little bit uh, sloppy, didn't we? we? We did let West Ham in. I mean, I was talking about this earlier on. I think West Ham have really, in my mind, got two decent, I would say really decent players in Declan Rice and, and Jared Bowen when he's up for it. He did look quite up for it. His stages last night, but I would say that they're quite they're quite average on, and I think that probably did us a favour, didn't it, to get back in the game, mate, and, and, and get in front, mate, would it? Yeah, I think a couple of the goals as well were just absolute gifts from West Ham. I mean, <clears throat> you look at Isaac's, like, like it doesn't come more gift wrapped than that. Um, Wilson's second, I mean, I could have scored that, and <laughs> I'm out of breath just talking. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I can't really add a lot more to what PK said. Like, it wasn't the best performance. Five uh, one flattered us really. But um, yeah. seeing Eddie Howe lose his shit on the sidelines, I think his nice guy reputation shot now. Like you know, <laughs> and then you've got you've got PK saying we're going to hit top four. You've got Simon Jordan sprinkling forks on his dinner, thinking we're going to get third place. It's uh, it's all coming up Newcastle at the minute, mind. <laughs> <laughs> is it not? I did love that comeback, by the way. Ash. That, was, that was possibly a better comeback than there. I was against Arsenal a few years back, mate. Simon <laughs> Jordan. That was when when he said, uh, "Pass me my condiments," and uh, Ash just gently replied and said, "Knives and forks are cutlery, not condiments, mate." So that was, uh, that was brilliant, Ash. That, that's the best strike I think you'll hit all season, mate. So well done. Super, <laughs> <laughs> super. Mark, just getting your take on. Obviously, we we were on the post match last night straight after the game. I think Ash makes a good point there. This. This nice guy um, persona that Eddie Howe has, we, we talk about this. I think behind the cameras, I think there is a little bit of a feisty side to Eddie Howe. We've, we've seen it creep out, you know, telling telling the worm with the goalie to go fucking jog on about his time wasting against Manchester United. And then obviously last night, you know, he, he bollocked them for, for, for slacking off, really. Um, they see it day in, day out in training. And, you know, I bet you if they don't put in a shift, they get it off them. Um, so it's quite nice to see that side of Eddie Howe, isn't it? Because... People might think, oh, he's this kind of articulate, nice, you know, uh, gentle kind of a guy. But it's nice to know he's got that little bit of a fiery side in there as well, mate, isn't it? 
he absolutely needs it as well. And and, and you're right. He, he, to see that on the sideline after you know after what was it 25, 30 minutes or so when when they had that little break for for Pope's injury, um, that was uh, yeah. I mean, it's exactly what they needed. They needed a rocket. They needed to get back. Um, control of the game because they they lost their way after you know going two up and all of a sudden it was it was all hands like at the back just to try and keep West Ham out because they were they were piling forward they were they were finding spaces they were, Bowen was having some joy um, Rice was running running the show again he looked exceptional we said this last night he looked exceptional for about half an hour. Um, yeah. Until Newcastle came out in the second half and wrestled control back, um, he was, you know. But you you want to see that from your manager when things aren't going well, he absolutely has to tear them a new one. Absolutely, I mean, it's, it, again, it just shows that he's not resting on his laurels as well as you know in terms of he's not allowing complacency to to creep no. back in. You know, like like some of the Newcastle United managers who shall not be named would have done. If we would beat bloody Plymouth Argyle five one, they would have thought they were. They were destined for manager of the year, possibly, you know. So it's, it's great to see that Eddie's not, you know, not um, allowing that complacency to come in. But I mean, all, all the all the lads were superb, to be fair, last night. But the, the man of the match that we gave was uh, was was Joe Linton. Uh, obviously, Joe Joe missed the game against Manchester United, probably rightly so, I think, lads, because Willock was that good in the two games beforehand, and, and, and Sean Longstaff obviously brings you that energy and that and that ability to track back as well. Um, but I mean, just a little some stats here. Then, then I'll then I'll come to you uh, on on this one, PK. But looking at Joe Linton's stats last night, obviously played in ninety minutes. Heat map, he was he was absolutely everywhere. Um, you know, he had uh, twenty seven accurate passes, a pass rate of seventy five percent. He had nine ground duels and he won four. He won two out of his four aerial duels. Uh, he did commit <laughs> three fouls and got his customer a yellow card, as Mark says. Uh, but he had one interception, one. Uh, block shot. Obviously, he was dribbled past twice, but more importantly, he got two goals. I mean, was was that Big Joe just back to his dominant best? PK in terms of you, you just I think having him there. In my opinion, I said this in the post match. I think that stifled Declan Rice playing a bit because with Joe Linton's presence there and because of the way he was playing, I think Rice was more interested in trying to watch him and Bruno at the same time, and he, he was almost a bit double teamed. That felt at times, Declan Rice. Yeah, I think. Few questions there. I'll come to the first one. Is Joe Joe back to his best? I'm not sure his standards have dropped. No, no. To be honest. No. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I don't think he's had a poor game this season, to be perfectly honest. I think he's no. been outstanding. And I was one of his biggest critics under yeah. the Baron of Bacon. He was fucking woeful, let's be honest. He was. Everyone he was, was woeful absolutely shite for 40 million quid as a striker. That's where they played him. Played him as Steve Bruce yeah. played him as a bloody striker, right? Um, and he was never a striker. He was a left, a left-sided forward, wasn't he, at Hoffenheim? Um, and and you know, yeah. Eddie Howe's genius or fortune, whichever way you might want to look at it after the Kieran Clark red card at home to Norwich. Um, and he's pushed him back in, in this midfield. And, you know, we've spoken about this before. Could he be, could he save us hundred million quid? on a four, <laughs> you'll call it a six, <laughs> I'll call it a four, but you know what, the one thing that I thought last night, and and and, I, and I've been thinking about it today, he doesn't score either of those goals, under Steve Bruce, he doesn't score either of those goals, because his confidence was so shot to shit, that he just, he, he doesn't round the keeper, does he, or he tries to round the keeper, or he doesn't make that really clever bending run, 
And for the second goal, he just scuffs it, doesn't he? Or he drops it into the keeper's arms. This guy's full of confidence. He loves playing alongside Bruno. I think they miss each other when they're not playing together. Yeah. Um, but he's been, you know, arguably, he's been one of our players of the season this year. And there's a lot to choose from. Absolutely. And it's a good point, Ash. I mean, uh, maybe I've, I've, I've phrased that incorrectly. I don't think yeah, his standards have dropped. I suppose it was probably Joe Litton at his best is, is, is probably what I, I meant to say. Um, do you think, I think PK's right with the two Brazilians together. They just complement each other so well. And I think that when Joe Litton is there, I think we saw that in the Man United game, that when Joe Litton wasn't there, Bruno was back in the defensive mode and he was still brilliant. He was knocking passes around all over the shop and he was breaking the plate. But when Joe Linton come on the pitch, you just saw Bruno start to wander forward and, and start to get in that attacking influence in the game. And obviously, he plays a huge part in the goal. I mean, you know, we'll come on to transfer budgets in a minute, but do you think those two, if fit, if not suspended, Joe Linton's game, if fit, um, do you think them two have to be in the team pretty much week in, week out? And then the third midfielder just rotates between Willick, Longstaff, whoever else? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they've developed some kind of telepathic relationship since he's come in. I mean, <clears throat> we saw Joe Linton go through Paqueta last night, basically said he's my bestie now. <laughs> <laughs> you see them on the training pitch together. They, they go everywhere. They're joined at the hip. So, yeah, I think it's shown in their game as well as off the pitch that they're just like really on each other's wavelength. And with Joe being the beast that he is, his defensive capabilities allow Bruno to get forward a bit more. So yeah. we need that. And I mean, whoever we do bring in, in in the summer has to be with Bruno in mind. So why yeah. go out and spend all this money when we've got the perfect partner with him already on the books? Yeah, it's sense. a good show. What, what about that comment there from, from Ginger Plums about, about Paquetta? I mean, Paquetta, to be fair to him, um, he come come with a reputation as a bit of a fancy, you know, ball player and that, or Tanner ball player, as my old Glaswegian dad would call him. Um, but he, he has mucked in a fair bit. And he, he does get into some challenges, and I thought he did okay at times. Paquetta last night. I mean, he was he was obviously bossed by a much better midfield. But would you have him ash in our midfield, Paquetta, especially if West Ham do end up going down because they're, they're not too far away from it? Nah, he hasn't done enough to for yeah. me to suggest that he's good enough to be in our midfield now. I think. Obviously, I was on the bandwagon in summer when um, when it looked like we were going to go for him. I was all for it. But having seen how long it took him to get up to speed in the Premier League, and then he's still, for all he's settling a bit, still hasn't done anything to suggest that he could oust Willock or Joe Linton from our midfield. so Or, or even Sean Longstaff, for that matter. So, no, nah, we're standing to keep him. That's a fair comment. I love that comment there from T. Fully. I could just imagine Bruno driving one of those cars on hydraulics, bouncing my leg, you know, fire on the side of it with Joe Linton in the passenger seat as he's suspended from driving. Uh, Mark, just getting your take on, um, on obviously, uh, Joe in the midfield. We, we did talk a little bit about it. Um, you know, what, what's your take on, on on maybe other midfielders that could come in? I mean, I mean, my personal take, I, I agree with Ash. I think those two have to be together as a pair. And then I think the third player has to complement them. Um, but because they're both quite hybrid midfielders that they can go back and they can go forward, um, and you, you you almost want you know two of them, don't you, at, at one given time, just to duplicate them like a copy and paste? Uh, is there a player out there that could be like those two that could sit in that six or four role, as PK would say? Um, do you think there's a player out there that exists that can do that? Well, I think we 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 talked last week, didn't we, about the potential of somebody like a, an Alvarez or somebody coming in to, to sit in that. In that middle role, in in that sort of that 
that defensive midfield role that, that sort of almost quarterback and Kone from Munchen Gladbach was another one that was mentioned. Um, um, yeah. Pakatar, um, I mean, yeah, he hasn't hit, he hasn't really hit the heights that I guess a lot of people would have expected, but he's playing under Moyes and not under Eddie Howe. What, what difference would that make if he was playing under Eddie Howe? Um, so, yeah, it, it's an interesting one because you almost, at the moment, you don't want to break up that midfield as it is. But you, you need additions into to come and bolster it at times. Um, that's not a bad shout. Good shout. Neves would be, that, that, as I said, that, that quarterback role, that ability to play in the in the defensive midfield, but, but be able to spring attacks. The, the ability to pass the ball short and long distance um, is is brilliant. I think he's wasted at Wolves, completely wasted at Wolves, and, and, and needs to to move on. Um, it'd be, a, I think, it'd be a brilliant, brilliant addition. Yeah, just just almost reading my mind. Mister Forces has jumped in there. There was a certain kid playing for the other team last night. I wouldn't mind in that midfield, mind you, and uh, Mister Mister Rice. Uh, I, I, I think I said this um, earlier on as well. I was talking to somebody, and I said that. Um, you know, if we do finish top four, which which we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to, I'm with PK. I pretty much think we are going to be top four now. I, just, I think I look at the other teams in that race, and I think by far with the form side, there's no doubt about it. The fact that we've got to play one of them uh, in the running, and we could really just basically kill their Champions League dreams. Um, you know, for me, if we are going to be ambitious in Champions League, why, why not bid for Declan Rice? You know, we might not get him, but why not? Why not join the race? Why not? Show the ambition and put a bit in PK. Do you have any thoughts on that, mate? Do you think we should yeah. put a bid in for right? I thought Declan Rice again last night was one of their best players, if not their best player. Lee put in the comments earlier that him and Paqueta were their two yeah. best players. Probably were Paqueta, just to go back up at him. He's not done enough for me. He scored that scruffy goal. I think he's yeah. got a couple of goals this season. He's not done enough for me. No, he's uh, not. Bruno, Bruno's surpassed him. I'd rather have I like Bowen, without a doubt. But, you know, if we get in the Champions League, we're going to have to take, A, our spending to another level. We're going to come onto it with our sort of three transfer budgets you want to talk about. Uh, segways. But, um, yeah, Declan Rice is the one for me. Eddie Howe likes a uh, an English player. You can he see does. it. I mean, I've got some great Brazilian players at the minute. He likes his English players, doesn't he? He's got Anthony Gordon there now. Um, and he's got a spine of English players. He's, he likes that. Declan Rice would fit the bill tremendously. Would also have to increase our wage bill considerably because that guy's going to be on, you know, I don't know what he's on now. He's probably on eighty to 100,000 at West Ham, I suspect. You're yeah. going to have to pay him 150 grand minimum, which smashes our wage structure. I, so it I takes you a whole go, new ball game. Yeah, It'll have to, anyway, but I think naturally, if, if we don't get in the Champions League, we have no chance of signing him. Yeah, exactly. I think you're right. I mean, the Champions League changes everything, which we'll come on to, to in a yeah. minute. But speaking of English players, segue, segue, there was an English player that was on fire last night. He he said he was rested and recuperating, much like you, PK. He was, he was bathing. I'm sure you and uh, you and Callum Wilson have very similar physiques made by the pool. Um, so you, you're obviously getting the abs, getting the abs uh, and the carrot oil there, mate, and get the suntan uh, going. But Callum Wilson was back to his, his very best, I think, last night, you know, with, with two... With two poacher goals, really, yeah, he looks, he looks fit, he looks up for it. You know, I listened to his podcast with Mikel Antonio. I love it. The banner's just absolutely next level. It's great. Um, Antonio must have been sick as a chip watching that last night, thinking <laughs> I've been beat five one, and my mates done me with two goals. But there was another striker who scored a goal, and not only was it a brilliant goal, but I think it also gave birth to some of the best memes 
on the internet. I'm, I'm going to hand this over to our man in the chair, Mark. Uh, we, we've been pissing ourselves laughing at these memes all day long. We're talking about Alexander Rizak's brilliant chip um, against Fabianski and uh, the hands on the hips celebration. Just take it away, Mark. If anyone hasn't seen these yet, save them because they're the best things you'll ever see. <laughs> On, Some man. of it. I mean, it, it, it. I said before we came on. I think this is these are the best things since, since um, Nick Pope and Burger King was the yeah. um, was the ones. But some of them have just been absolutely tremendous. Um, <laughs> and there's there's one of I haven't got it here, but there's one of him queuing behind Steve Bruce and Greg's. Um, <laughs> it's him and Fabianski and Art Gary. There were a couple I put together really wrong. There was there was Isaac in the moon. Um, Isaac and Fabianski overseeing nuclear explosion, and then and then the last one I, I was I was particularly proud of was um, was it taken over Alan Shearer's um, statue, which I did tweet him just to you know I, I did apologise for doing it, um, but yeah it did it did make me chuckle a little bit doing it. But they have honestly some of them are phenomenal, um, and it's the it's the quick. I mean those took me all day to think of. They weren't. And, and some of them were, were up last night within seconds of it happening. Oh, I cannot <laughs> think that quickly. That, that's the good <laughs> side of the internet, Ash, isn't it? You know, when, when that happens, mate, when these things crop up. But ju just about the goal itself, the celebration, you know, people are talking about Cantonar-esque style, you know, when he did that chip against the Beckhams and he stood with, it, with, with his arms out. I mean, you know, some people have said arrogant, generally salty fans who are livid that they didn't sign Alexander <laughs> Rizak. But, but for you, mate, are you just loving this lad's confidence and how... Just how good he is when he when he's in the game, whether he's from the start or off the bench, mate. He's just next level, isn't he? <clears throat> I mean, uh, I, he was one that I wanted us to sign long before we were linked with him. I think I watched him at the World Cup and just thought he was mind blown. And then when we got linked, I was like, let's let's make this happen over Hugo Etike, one at the time. We were looking yeah. So glad we went the way we went with that one. But uh, yeah, I don't think it was arrogance last night. I think that was just him going. Is that going to drop on the right side of the post or not? And then it went in, and he was just stood there like, "Now what do I do?" Because <laughs> I mean, I'm just like too casual now to, to run away with my hand in the air. So he just stood there and waited for these teammates to come around him. But I think next season he's going to be our focal point up front, and he's going to be challenging for the golden boot if we can stop that cyborg at Man City. Anyway, <laughs> mean, that's a statement. What, what did you what did you call him again? PK from there was it was it Troy? Uh, was it Troy? What's his name? Troy. Uh, Troy Hawk. That's it. Troy Hawk, that great comedian, the greatest guild. Was he calling again a Nordic meat shield? Nordic meat <laughs> shield. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna get nowhere near Ireland. You need. Ah, he's you in a human now. What do you know? <laughs> I don't think he. I keep saying it. I don't think he is a pure focal point number nine. I think he's just got much more to his game than just being a. Uh, got, uh, Callum Wilson's a number nine. Alan Shearer was a number nine. Mm -hmm. They scored goal after goal after goal. I think he's that's got a, just a different game to him. I know he's got shitloads of goals. Like he's got this second best goals to minutes ratio in the Premier League. But um, I know that's also a bit skewed based on the fact that he hasn't played enough games. But um, he's um, <laughs> least comments. I'm lost. I'm losing. It's been a long day. Um, I just think I think he's more than a nine, but I also think he's fucking magic. I can't believe yeah. what he did last night. That was that was pure Cantonon. People call him arrogant for that. Who was the most arrogant centre forward that's ever been in the Premier League? Well, exactly. You know, 
Alan Shearer, right? No, well, Alan, Alan Shearer. Catnog gave the arrogance, though, didn't he? Catnog exuded arrogance because of the way he was. Of course he did, yeah. Well, Gaelic, Gaelic uh, personality, I think, yes. more than arrogance. Very but he was arrogant, yeah. But Shearer was the most arrogant centre-forward of all time, and he's also the top scorer of all time. I don't care if he's arrogant. I want yeah. that. I yeah, want yeah. that. Harry Kane's arrogant, and, and you know, in a way, until you poke him in the eye, and then he turns into a little uh, girl and falls over and cries, doesn't he? Really? But, uh, oh, did you see Taish's <laughs> comment about that? No, what, what, what did he say about? It? I didn't see Taish. What did he say? Oh, just give us a second. I've got it on my phone. Uh, it was <laughs> absolutely superb. Yeah, bloody that ridiculous. was it, yeah. ridiculous. He's a big fanny. Is that what he said? I've, I've got it, Ash. Works to that Sean, effect, yeah. Sean Dyche says Takure doesn't need to apologise for his red card versus Spurs. At one point, I thought he might have snapped his eyelash, which would have been tragic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe, I love Sean Dyche. Oh, I, honestly, about. I love Sean Dyche. He, he's got such a, like, uh, uh, in the pub, three pints in. Can it be asked with anybody crackers? Yeah, I just love that. <laughs> Absolutely adore that. Brilliant. You know, doesn't play the, the best football in the world, but fucking hell, he was there. He, he, I love that. Um, Carl's in the comments, Mark. We've said this before. Isaac is like Henri. I mean, it's easy to make the comparison because of the way that he plays. I mean, that's high praise indeed. If he turns out to be half the player Thierry Henry is, we've got one hell of a footballer on our hands. But yep. he does he does have that mobility. Is, is I know people have said the number nine, given the number nine and all that. Um, I, I'm kind of with PK. I don't think you can. I think he's a modern day striker, whereas he's not a nine, he's not a ten. He, he has that, you know, kind of fluid movement that he can just move across the front three. He can drop deep for the ball, so you can't pigeonhole him into kind of one position. Would you say that that's the case, Mark, as well? Do you, do you think Warren just make them a number nine or a wide forward? He, he can pretty much do anything across that front line. Yeah, I, th I think you find that he'll play very much in more of a fluid, fluid three. You, you see him move out of the way, you know, allowing like allowing runs through for for other players. Um, he can pull. Why we we saw how devastating he can be when he pulls left um, and, and runs in from that side against Liverpool. We saw how devastating he could be when he pulls right against Southampton and, and completely tortures defenders because he is so quick as well. Um, yeah. He's he's an exceptional footballer um, and will will play very much. I think in it in a more fluid fluid three, like I say, across the front where he can he can switch over with whoever's playing left and right to allow them to go through the middle and. And it just causes carnage at that point because nobody knows who's going to be where at what point. So it's really difficult to to pick players up, and it makes it makes defending against them so much more difficult. That's a great so comment there. Think, sorry, sorry, go on, Ash. Go on, mate. Yeah, I think that's why he's going to score so many next season because if he can play across that front three, that gives him three times the opportunity to be in the right spot, doesn't it? Like, yeah. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but you know what I mean. No, I, I get what you're saying. It'd be a nightmare to mark for teams as well because if they try, if you try and play him central, right, we'll, we'll stick somebody on and then he drifts out wide and then he drops deep and then they think, Christ, where, where do I go? If I'm man-marking the guy, how the hell do I follow him? But it's a great comment from Stephen that Mark said this before on, on previous episodes that Zlatan says he'd be better than me. Zlatan does not dish out compliments very easily, so he's obviously impressed uh, the great Zlatan in, uh, in Swedish camps. And good evening to you too, Leslie. Thank you very much for joining us all the way from Ghana. Great to see in the comments there. So I suppose we, we can't really give Isaac all the praise despite his, his, his great goal meme hips. You know, let's do the time warp and everything else. Um, Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson obviously bags too. Um, PK, just a bit on, on, on Wilson. Um, as I said there, he's looked sharper. Uh, he's got a smile on his face. He seems to, he seems to be over what whatever was bothering him because something was not right with him, wasn't it, after the World Cup? And yeah, he just well, seems to be the Callum Wilson that we all love again, isn't he? Just 
we've heard a few rumors, haven't we? And whatever. I think a bit Nothing of bench times. Bit of no, we're not a bit of bench times being absolutely brilliant for him. What I absolutely love is we've got two strikers vying for that one, one number nine spot. And when was the last time we had that? You know, maybe he's, I think Denver Barnes, he say obviously they played they sort of together in that three, didn't they? But we haven't really had a striker on the bench for a long time that you thought, well, well, that's fine. We, you know, we, we looked at it and thought last night, well, Isaac's on fire and he stuck him on the bench. Callum Wilson comes in and scores two goals. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me, he loves scoring goals in West, West Ham. <clears throat> I think that's, what, 12 goals in 13 or, or, or 10, 11 goals in something 13? Like that. Something like Don't ask Mark because he got them all wrong the other night. He was pissed off, weren't he, Mark? You tried to get your, you to get your calculations. He loves, he, loves, um, he loves playing against West Ham. What is brilliant is I think that Wilson looked naked after the World Cup. We know that, you know, whether he's had some personal issues or whatever, he needed a bit of bench time because he looked shot, shot to shit, didn't he? He's mm. come back, come back out last night knowing that he's not guaranteed a starting place and he's got to score goals to keep his place. I don't think he keeps his place on Saturday, by the way. I think Isaac will come back in again. But either mm. way, either way, they, you know, they got three between the two of them last night. I'm not bothered. I'm not complaining in the slightest. Happy days. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. That's what we want, isn't it? I can't remember the last time we had two really good centre forwards at that vying for that one position. Um, just a comment there, Ash, just, just taking this up. It's a great point as well, isn't it? That you know, Botman, Bruno, Isaac, all 23 to 24 years old. I mean, if we can keep these lads and build around them, we're going to come under the, the budget for the transfer potential in the summer in a minute. But I mean, they're, they're unbelievable ages for this team, isn't it? They're only going to get better, Ash, aren't they, really, mate, as, as things go on. It's frightening, isn't it? Like just to think how how far we've come in eighteen months, where we're struggling to put a decent team out, and now we've got that spine running down the team that could be here for years. Um, <clears throat> in the first season, they've already got us into the Champions League spots. If we start building a team around those three, it's just frightening what we could possibly achieve in like the short term. I, mean, I didn't expect when this takeover happened that we'd be in this position so quickly. And it's down to those three. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the scouts have been superb. I mean, I was talking to a mate of mine who's a Man United fan uh, after the game. And I said, this is probably the first time in a long time where I look at four or five of our players and think they would walk in that Man United team. Man United fans would have them tomorrow. You know, we've, we've just listed them there. And um, I think you've got to give a massive shout out to, to the scouts, Mark, as well, haven't you, in terms of how well they've done to scout these players, bring them in, not, not just for the ability, but for the character and to work with Eddie Howe. If, if you look at what's gone wrong at Chelsea, you know, I think I made the joke that the likes of Mudrick and Fernandez have probably said, who's the manager? Harry Potter. And they said, no, Graham Potter. Who the fuck's that? You know, and they're just, everything's just started from a really bad point, you know, of egos taking over. But these guys come in and they know Eddie Howe is the gaffer and they buy in to his his ethos and mentality. And that that's important, Mark, isn't it, as well, above anything else in terms of the ability, has to buy into the manager's ethos. Character is huge, and we, we've talked about this right the way through. Um, the, the we joke about PK's no dickhead policy, don't we? But the character of the players you're bringing in is, is massive. Um, they, they have to come in and offer something to the, to the team, um, they have to come in and, and build on what's already there, not come in and, and just be somebody that's just been picked up just because we can't. Do you know what I mean? So, Chelsea have done that. Well, we can go out and buy the you know, Mudrick for whatever, but does he actually suit? Is he the right character for the dressing room? Is he the right player for the team? If you, every player that Newcastle have brought in has been with a specific purpose, and I, I guess they've had to do that. 
but they've been with a specific purpose and they've come in with with a specific characteristic uh, or a character set that that adds to the group that's already there and and it's it's it shows that they're they're building that it's the group it's the group mentality it's the boil it down to the us against the world um sort of thing um everyone is the right one and and they take their time over who they're bringing it's not nothing's a rush job they're not going out throwing money at just a, a, somebody random because they can it's it's buying the right person and that's, it's that's a good thing yeah, it's a good segue to our next topic, but just a comment there. I just know it's there from Max Dawson. First uh, time I've seen Max in the comments. If you're new, smash subscribe, Max. We'd love you to come on board. We're just saying, hi, guys. Lowest Champions League point 66. Average for Champions League is 71. We're buzzing again. Great show. And Lee, and Lee is just reminding us again that Willick's 23 and Gordon's 24. Wow. I mean, they, they really are building a team for the future here. But this was a topic moving on. To, we're talking about new players and characters and everything else. This was a topic I picked up after watching... Uh, Craig Hope talking about um, budgets that the club have for the summer. Uh, he was having a little walk down our neck of the woods, Mark, down the coast. You wouldn't want to be there today, Craig. It's pissing it down. Uh, but he had a little wander down the, the beach with a selfie stick, and he was talking about the budgets. The, apparently, the club are working to three budgets um, in the in the summer, um, and you know one of them is obviously based on Champions League football. The other one is based on Europa Conference or Cup football or whatever the hell it's called, and the other one is no Europe whatsoever so uh, just coming to you first on this one uh, ash so for me for starters that shows the club are doing it the right way because they've got an abc plan you know they're not just relying on, on the champions league like a lot of clubs do and then all your targets piss off and go somewhere else so that that's really good but there's another thing that craig hope said that broke my broke my little heart uh we he said that he, th- he heard that james madison might be closer um uh, going to spurs than, than newcastle do you think that is something to do with us maybe having our eyes on a bigger prize? So a couple of couple of points there, mate. What's your take on the three budget one? Start with and then Madison. Uh, the three budget thing again, like you said, it just shows that the new owners are thinking about everything. There's no rush decisions. There's no half-ass decisions. Everything's being planned out. It has been from day one, and that's why we are where we are because we've got a plan and we're sticking to it. Um, in terms of Madison, yeah, I've, I had to write about this one today through tears. Um, the fact that he thinks that Spurs are leading the way for me, I don't see how that's possible. I don't see how I, I was I'm sorry, writing about Liverpool are interested in them as well. I don't see why any player would go to either of those two clubs over us at the minute. Yeah, um, we're in the Champions League spots. Liverpool are a shambles. I mean, they beat Man United 7-0 and then got beat 1-0 off Bournemouth a week later. How does that happen? What kind of a club does that? And then Spurs don't even have a manager. The director of football has just got a worldwide ban. They're a club in... They're just a laughing stock at the minute. So if he wants to go to one of those over us, then we're dodging a bullet. If that's his mentality, he wants to go to a club with a bigger name or the fact he wants to move to London and he'd forego Champions League football and becoming a folk hero up here... Sodom. And I say that as somebody who really wants him to sign. (laughs) So in terms of do we have a plan B, Diaby's still still kicking about, and I think there's still an interest there. So, yeah, um, if we don't get Madison, I think we'll get Diaby, and we'll be just as happy either way. 
Yeah, I was thinking that. I was thinking maybe they've got a, a bigger prize lined up. You know, I'll be gutted if Madison doesn't come. You know, because we all want him. We all think he'll do it. He'll do a really good job uh, at the club. Um, but if there is a better player lined up, you know, we've got to trust that the scouts. PK, there was a couple of key positions that that, that, that Hope had said are under the the you know the, the microscope or, or under the discussion. What you know, whichever one of those three pots you sit in. Um, one of them was was your famous number six stroke number four. Um, the other one was obviously a left back. Um, I think an attacking left back at that. And uh, then they talked about, I think it was another right winger as well, potentially. Um, do you think those are three areas that, that we need to strengthen? Or do you, is there anywhere else you want to add to that? Sorry, it was a right-sided centre-half, I beg your pardon. It wasn't a right winger. Right-sided yeah. centre-half. So they yeah. were the three. Would you agree with those three, mate? Do you think they're proud? I, I think I probably would, actually. I think that right-sided centre-half, Fabian Chair's not going any younger, is he? You talked about league quoting, quoting, you know, the the youth of our the youth of our team in the main. We've obviously got some players that are starting to get get a little older as well. And Fabian Chair's one of them. Is he 30 or 31, perhaps? And so he's only got a couple of years left, probably. Um, you know, you look at Botman, he's just imperious, isn't he? Well, that Rolls Royce of a centre half. I wonder if they'll go for that right footed Botman-esque kind of player as well. Cause I think the cells will be away in the summer. We've, we've got to remember yeah. that we will have players, you know, adios in the summer, whether we like it or not. Well, we probably will like it because we need to move forward, don't we? So, um, <laughs> I, I, um, I think left back's a position we have to strengthen. Um, I understand why Dan Burns keeps getting selected because we've got the best defensive record in the country, um, all four divisions. So, I understand that. In fact, Eddie Howe said it. Eddie Howe had his press conference after his press conference last night. So, he had his morning, he had his Brentford press conference. Because I walked, it was about six, <laughs> yeah, Is that how he opened it? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> said it's been a long day. It was about six minutes long. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't very long. But he he answered yeah. a few questions about the Brentford game, and he said, you know, I um I like a steady back four. I like to keep the same back four as much as I can, so they can get to know each other and get to understand the game. I mean, Dan Burns not had the best of didn't have the best of games last night. He would, no. for me, would have scored the lowest out of our players. I thought that Bowen ripped him a new one in that first half, as I said earlier. And I'm not sure he offers you enough going forward unless it's the quarterfinal of a League Cup um, when you score a winner, which is very nice. Um, so I think left-back's a big one for me. I'd love Kieran Tierney would be that. Is probably an easy signing, Kieran Tierney. He gets him back up north because he's from Scotland, and he? Yeah. Um, the only problem... There you go. That's two saying exactly the same. The only problem I've got with, T with Tierney I'm so fucking pissed off. Carl's just said what I was going to say. <laughs> Injury prone. He's on the he's on the uh, he's on the treatment table too much. I, that six or four. We've been talking about it all season. You know, sign that central defensive midfielder, that Declan Rice or Angola Conte is the one for me. That if you can get a year or two out of him, you've got an experienced head. He captained Chelsea the other night. I saw against Liverpool. Um, love him. Love him as a footballer. Again, he's been injured most of the season. Um, the outside right position, whatever you might want to call it, front right, I don't think it's a priority anymore. I mean, dare I say, Jacob Murphy's been fucking excellent. It wasn't great last Easy. night. Easy now. He's had a couple <laughs> of good games. If you can He's sign gone... the RV over Jacob Murphy, mate, come well, on. Well, of course, don't, right? Don't give me that. But if we're talking about budgets and you're talking about financial fair play and you're talking about yeah. priority positions, um, you probably want to replace... You certainly want to replace Darla. You want to replace Dubravka, who's 34, I think, now. So you want a second goalkeeper. 
as as you know, not a big not a big price second goalkeeper. Uh, you want you certainly want a left back. I'm not sure. I, I really like Matt Target, but I don't think he's good enough going forward as well. No. So you want somebody like Trippier who can do that overlap. So much has come down the right this season between Miggy and Trippier or dare I say Murphy and Trippier in the minute or Gordon setting off last night. I thought Gordon was excellent when he came oh, on, by the way. Yeah, and it, like but we've have we signed that right player in Gordon already? I don't know. I I think all these names being bandied about, we probably won't sign any of them. I think we'll sign players that, that the, the scouts pick up. You know, we've always had good scouts. You go back to Graham Carr, who was on a 94-year contract. Under under Ashley, he, he picked he picked out Modric to sign. No, we're not having him. He's too small. Thank you very much, Dennis Wise, whoever it was. So he just wasn't allowed to sign the players that he wanted to sign. Um, Graham Carr, Steve Nixon is very very good. But what we've got now is we have got a team of scouts. They are, yeah. um, they are advertising or have been advertising for South American scouts. So people scouts who are based in that country. So Newcastle United are. are actively advertising for the and probably interviewing for these positions already so we're going from having two or three scouts globally and like actually just saying ah, fucking not gonna spend any money anyway what's the point in having them to actually have a proud a proper scouting system which is brilliant and you've already seen the kind of players coming in for us um and they're communicating with Eddie Howe so it's brilliant but I think everything for me everything is um dependent on thanks Lee 1948. <laughs> Outside right. Yeah, you, you want Jackie Milburn in the squad next uh, next year? Fucking Philip Schofield twat. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's you, to, you know that top budget seals everything. So if we can get in the Champions League, we get. You know, th th there's a reason we haven't announced who the next you know front of the shirt sponsors are yet. There's a reason yeah. why we haven't announced who's going to sponsor. Maybe who will take the name and name and rights to the ground, or who will take the name and rights to the training ground, because they're waiting to see where we finish. The higher we finish, the more money we will get from these companies. I've no doubt we've probably got them signed, sealed, and delivered, but we haven't got a value on those commercial deals yet. Those commercial deals allow us to spend significantly more money on both footballers and on wages, and I think therein lies the difference with the budgets. Yeah, Mark, that's not a bad three people are talking about there. Sean's in the comments saying Tierney, Neves and Diaby. I think that, that's good balance to, to the side. Just before you, you, you give us your take, Mark, just, just on PK's point there. So, Sofa score actually scored um, um, Sean Longstaff lower than Dan Burns. So I don't know if Steve Bruce was working for Sofa score last night, mate, because poor Sean got a bit of a do in there. I thought Sean did all right in comparison to Burns. So, that was a bit of a harsh one, mate. But anyway, Mark, your take on the transfers. Do you think... Those three areas that, that, that Craig Hope talked about, that the club are identifying, are the key ones. Would you throw anything else in there? What about what about the centre forward position? Are you are you happy now that Wilson's back, or do you think it's still too much of a gamble? What, what, what's your take on it? I guess it is a heck of a risk if you haven't got anybody else, because if if Wilson goes, then you're down to you're down to one. Um, so you're looking at that that young striker again, that that. 18, 19 year old come in and sit behind the, those two and learn, particularly learn from Wilson. Um, I think it is one area to look at. Left back, we've we talked about endlessly, I, I think, going forward. I think Matt Target, who we all agree, I mean, he's, he's done brilliant when he's when he's played. He's not going to be Champions League quality if no. you if you make it. In, I, I don't think he's Europa League quality. Um, 
and and that goes against Dan Byrne, I think, in, in that regard too. I think that is a that is a definite one to to look at to to balance that side out. If you have a more attacking fullback um, that that, will, that is good going forward and defensively, and they're, they're difficult to find, I guess. Tierney would be an ideal one because he can do both. We've seen him play centrally um, for for Scotland as well, so he can tuck in and he can play that that three at the back role if if, if Trippier bombs on. Likewise, you, you can see Trippier do do that and swap into the middle a little bit as it as the left back goes forward. Um, I always come back to to the free transfer market in that regard, and Grimaldo, I think he would be an exceptional signing um, and gives you. Plenty of years ahead of him. We, what did we say he was the other day? Twenty. He's twenty-seven. He's twenty-seven so he's years. Yeah, he's years, really. Yeah. So he he would be exceptional and is a, a, a dead ball threat too. Um, and then the 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 kind of key I think you've touched on right centre back. I think you, you PK said it before. You're going to lose. I think Lascelles. Um, fair enough. I, I think you'd wave him out the door and say thank you very much. But yeah. He served the club well, but I think it's time to go. I think it's time to step absolutely. up the quality isn't really so yeah absolutely and again if you're playing in a in a in a high profile Champions League game or Europa late stage Europa League game and Shah's injured, who do you want coming on from? I'm not so sure you want want the cells coming in as as well as he's done uh, at times. I think I think that's a, the key area. I think midfield is a wish list one. Is it is it so urgent to, to bring in a player in that position given how well the midfield has done? I know it's we, we talked about that before where you'd love to have somebody come in and play that four six role um and, and allow Bruno a little bit more freedom. But I think there are possibly one or two areas maybe to, to focus on a little bit more. Yeah, but we're finally starting to see some depth off the bench, aren't we, in terms of your game changes that yeah. can come on. Um, and I think that you know a lot of our players still have injury problems. Um, you know, that Wilson Wilson is, is made of glasses and he's doing all right at the minute, but then the, the wind might blow one direction and my pop is his hip out of joint or whatever, you know, then he'll, he'll be out for another nine weeks or whatever. Isaac's obviously had injury problems this season. You know, Gordon has done well, he had an ankle knock when he came in. Miggy's out injured at the minute. Miggy's normally fit as a flea, isn't he? Like, I caught him a T1000. He just seems to get up again and just, you know, another bit of metal grows and then he's off. But, you know, this is probably the longest Miggy's been out. But I think we've got a bit of depth growing there, which is really, really good. But I think, I think you know, it's it's very interesting to hear these these key areas that the club are targeting. And as PK says there, they're surrounding the, the world with scouts and looking for the best talent they can. But you mentioned there, Mark, about a young striker. What what better place to try and get one of them in South America? God, you could pick out the next bloody Ronaldo or something. You just don't know. The next Alvarez. The next Alvarez could be sitting there like City have done, you know. And and even if you you know, let somebody mention Grand Qual in the comments, you know, Grand Qual could turn into that player. We don't know, you know. So I think it's really good to see what 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 the club are doing, um, and hopefully, you know, the plans in the summer. We're not going to go stupid. We're not going to go chat manager like Ted Bowley and go give me him, give me him, give me him over a ten year contract. We're not going to do that. Um, you know, although I do advocate a Saudi Arabian team signing Messi and us getting them on a six-month loan deal while he stays fit, I do, I do, I do uh, advocate that if, if, if PIF are listening. But uh, but yeah, it will be interesting to see who we go for in the summer. Me and Mark and the rest of the guys will do loads more videos on that in the coming weeks. But we're just going to finish the episode um, with a little look towards the game of the weekend. So we're taking on Brentford. Brentford have had another really good season under Thomas Frank, um, but they've slipped down to ninth. 
in the league. We've got no bee stings. Hopefully, we don't get any bee stings. Ash, um, there is there is a shout out to the X here uh, with Ivan Tony. Um, he always likes to play against us. I think um, a bit weird, really, for me because. We let him go because he wasn't good enough, uh, and then he went off and he made himself a good career. But he, he made it—he made it, you know, his his personal point of view to you know give us some shit in the crowd uh, when he when he played St James Park, which I don't really understand why because he wasn't getting that much of a bad bashing. But um, is this a game that worries you, mate, or do you, do you fancy us to keep rolling with this momentum and, and getting a result? No, like you said, the momentum's with us. Um, Brentford have fallen away a little bit. I do back Tony to score because yeah. that's just. The way shit goes for us, and he shouldn't even be playing. Let's be honest. And um, mm. I still can't get my head around how the hell he's still allowed to play when he's got this gambling thing hanging over his head. But that's a, a different story for another day. Um, yeah, I still fancy us to win. I think with a better side by a country mile, especially the way we're playing at the minute. <clears throat> um, but as for Tony, yeah, it's a weird one. Why? He even credits us with, oh, God, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your mate? <laughs> That's right. It's my podcast co-host there. I thought he was in the no, Good to see the comments, Liam. Good to see we'll him. him You're just checking up on him. Make sure he's doing the all right job, Liam. He's doing <laughs> yeah. Job, Liam. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Tony, yeah. The fact that he credits Newcastle with his career because like, we shot yeah. him from a great height, apparently, and that spurred him on. So he should be thanking us, if anything, instead of having this frigging grudge. But... Um, Whatever he's a bit egocentric, always, though, isn't he? He's always said, all strikers are. Yeah, yeah, he's a bit egocentric, though. PK and he is uh, Tony, you know, that the whole fuck Brentford video and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, he's, a, he's a little bit cocksure of himself. Speaking of cocksure players, Gibbo's just thrown in a right hand grenade there. Is the Ronaldo deal still on if we get into the uh, Champions League? I mean, he's scoring goals for fun in the Saudi Arabian Pub League. Uh, I'm pretty sure I could be about three goals behind him if I was playing there, mate. But, uh, Me too. Yeah, yeah, do you want to see Ronaldo in a black and white shirt, mate? <laughs> nope, he's a deckhead, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't pass your policy, mate. No doubt about that. Doesn't so, like no. We'll, we'll chuck we'll chuck him in a bin. How about Brentford, mate? How do you feel about Brentford? Are you concerned, mate, or do you think the mags will the mags will get their business done? I'm not. I'm not concerned. No, we. Um, I was on the show when uh, when we had Brentford at home, and you were waxing lyrical about Tony, and I know he scored a penalty, but he did less than fuck all in that game, and they're the type of team that like to come out and play football. We spanked them away last season. Was it 4-1? Yeah. They, they got a red card really early on. It might have been 4-0, you know. They got yeah. a red card really early on for a shocker on, I want to say, Sean or... or, or it, was, it was on Sean. Who was the player mark? I'm trying to remember his name now. It was, it was a bad tackle, wasn't it? I'm trying to remember the guy's it name. Was, I think he was their defensive centre midfielder or centre-half anyway. Yeah. I am struggling with that one. I can't remember. No, I'm just, I'm um, just going to look it up. It'll come to me when I see it. Um, we, hammered, we hammered them and Joe, Joe Linton scored... Did he score two? He scored anyway, didn't he? He scored at least one, did. if I remember right. I think, yeah. And I think, you know, we spanked them at home again, 5-1 this season. Bruno got a couple early this season. They're the type of team that are great for us to play because they're not just going to shit house and sit back. They're going to have yeah. to come out because if they... Josh they Silver, have to, sorry. There you are, to Silver. Yeah. Well done. Silver. Um, if they have any aspirations of getting a Euro conference place or whatever... You know, they've just slipped a bit. They've got... I actually did my homework earlier, Chris. You'd be surprised to hear for the first oh, time well ever. Well done, you, mate. They've got, Knees they've got rubbing off with, on you, mate. <laughs> absolutely, you are. The silver fox. Um, they've got one win in five, so they're just starting to slip a little bit. I know they had a great a great point at Brent, uh, Brighton, didn't they, last week in the 3-3 midweek. Yeah. Um, they're, just, they're just slipping a little bit off the rails. Um, 
So they're going to have to come out at us, and that's that is great for us. So for me, I think I think we go down there with no fear. I think we've got you know we're they've stayed down there, so they're not pissing about traveling up and down the road or planes or whatever. So they're staying down in uh, in London, aren't they? Um, and I just think we go there and we're full of confidence, and we maybe rotate again. I think he'll might bring Gordon in for Murphy. I think he'll bring Isaac in for for Wilson. Might bring yeah. Matt Target in for Dan Byrne. He may not, but he might. Um, you know, we can just rotate it again. Might bring Willock in for, for for somebody else, but everybody's playing great at the minute. So it's nice to have those options. We've got a far better squad than we had two months ago with the same players, yeah. if that sort of makes sense. It because does. players like Murphy are starting to come better. You know, he's adding that extra. You're, he's in your sort of 15 as opposed to sort of being, oh, fucking hell, Jacob Murphy's our third sub. Um, yeah. So... I think we'll go down there and I think we'll beat them. I'm, uh, I, what am I going for? I am going for 3-1 Newcastle. Two goals from Isaac and one from Bruno. 3-1. I tell you what, what, what was in those cocktails in T-Gip, mate? You have come back with a newfound confidence, PK. Honestly, mate. Cheap, I've never cheap heard and shit it. alcohol. <laughs> I've never heard such confidence from you, mate. I tell you what, my God, Mark. Just coming to you on the on the Brentford game. I mean, obviously, we, we'll we'll throw a match preview up as we always do. We'll we'll do a we'll do a match review as well at the end of it. But you know, you can't really disagree with what PK is saying. I mean, we are we are the informed team. Momentum's with us. The lads are just playing out their skin. You know, as PK says, it's hard to even pick an eleven because everybody's playing so well. I mean, I do think my target might come in because I think Byrne needs a rest. I think he looked a bit knackered when he came off. So I think that one definitely might might be a change. But what's your thoughts on the mark? Do you think Newcastle should rightly so go in this game with no fear mm. and say, right, come on, let's do it? Yeah, I, I think target, target for Byrne's a, an interesting one. It's funny, but what Eddie says is he, he likes, like you said before, he like, Eddie likes that settled back four. And while it's playing well, if there's no reason to change it, I'm not sure he will. Um, as much as he'd like to get. Um... <laughs> the great comment by Lee. He's like against Ethan Pinnock, could see a murder being broadcast on Match of the Day. And Shearer will have the popcorn out, Lee. I'm pretty sure watching that. Oh, absolutely. I think. I think he probably sticks with the back four as much as I think Target probably needs a run out. I think Burn probably needs a game off. I think the difference is you've got a week between then and the the Villa game next week. Um, yeah, it's I can't see anything but a Newcastle win. I think Brentford have got one win in five. Um, they've I think looked particularly good last night. Tony is. He's very up and down at the moment, and unless he yeah. gets a, a penalty, I can't, I can't see him scoring. Just um, like gambling odds. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Couple of Oh dear. Um, like he's he's coming up against the the, the informed defense in 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 the country. Um, so it, it's going to be really difficult for them to get anything anything out of it. I, I think Newcastle two three nil in this one. I think. A comfortable win. Yeah, that sounds it sounds very similar to what the rest of us are saying. Ash, just a quick one on your on your score prediction, mate. If you want to give us one, what, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going two one. I do think Tony will score just because that's the shit house kind of thing that will do. And I'm back in Malfoy to get one. Um, <laughs> to get the other one. <laughs> Absolutely good shout, mate. I'm 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 with PK. I'm going to go three one as well. I, I think we're we're so dominant at the minute, uh, and it doesn't seem to matter who comes in. I, I think there will be some rotation. I think Willock will come back in. 
Um, you know, possibly even Maxi might drop the bench or something. Joe Litton might go wide left or something like that. But I think I think we will see some changes. You know, we'll try and cover it in in, in the preview, which hopefully we'll, we'll we'll get out tomorrow for you before we all piss off and have our fish and chips for Good Friday. And then we'll make sure that comes out for you guys to to watch over your over your smoking chips. Um, but this is us done for uh, tonight, Evermore. Thank you everyone who's tuned in. Uh, on a strange Thursday night, not the normal Wednesday. Really appreciate it. And everyone who smashed a comment and it really helps the episode flow. Uh, before Mark tells me off, if you can smash a like on the button as well, that would really be great. It helps the video get around YouTube and helps the channel grow. We'll be back soon. Uh, I'm sure we'll see a match preview and a review and uh, the rest of the guys will be back with another Evermore podcast soon because we just love talking about this team at McCall United. Bring on Brentford. We're scared of nobody. Thanks a lot, everyone, and we'll catch you later. Cheers. Cheers. Take care, guys.